Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Teddy Bruschi in just a minute on the Shell Benzel Performance Line. His first appearance on this radio show. I hope it won't be his last. I always really enjoy talking about football with Teddy, and there's a lot to get into today with his former teammate Tom Brady and his former coach Bill Belichick and a whole lot more on the NFL's trading deadline day. But I wanted to begin, for those of you who aren't intimately familiar with me, by just giving you a quick sense of what my philosophy is on days like this. I've been hosting talk shows at ESPN for 21 years. And I think it's important that I point out that I, like you, fully understand what today is. I understand the magnitude of it. I understand this is a day in which a lot of people are feeling a lot of anxiety also. And um, I have no, um, no hard, fast rules on how anyone else should handle this day when it comes to broadcasting shows like this one. But I know that my philosophy has always been, and I feel like it is the right thing, that if you are choosing on this day, because I, I, I feel all the same ways that you do, and this is an important day for me and as it is for you and I think all Americans, but if, if you are choosing to spend part of this day with me on ESPN, it is because what you are looking for is a respite from all of that. And Lord knows on every other station on your television and every other station on your radio, they'll be talking about the election. And of course, everything they're talking about is a lot more important in the scheme of things than the thing I'm talking about. But maybe that's just the reason you want to spend a few minutes here. I feel obligated to give you that. And I also understand that if you are feeling anxiety today, I know a lot of people are. I know I am. I said to Stace yesterday, I, I, I feel this nervousness it's really been for maybe the last 48 hours that I have felt this way. I'm sure a lot of people across this country feel that way. And maybe, just maybe, if you're someone who has listened to my voice for a very long time talking about football, that just having that little bit of normalcy will help make you feel a little bit better. If so, then I'll feel like I'm actually doing something important today. So that's my philosophy. We're going to talk about football on this day. And I thank you if you choose to spend 10 minutes of it with me or a half hour or two hours or whatever it is that you choose. And I hope that wherever you are, you're safe doing it. All right. So with that in mind, that that is my philosophy behind a day like this. I'm thrilled to welcome on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, the great Teddy Bruschi, as we look around the state of things in the National Football League on this, the day where they have make the last trades of the NFL season. About three hours from now is the deadline. Hello, Teddy Bruschi. Hey, how you doing? Um, I heard what you just said, and that was well said. And I'm, I feel uh, honored to be able to give you a little bit of football escape here for a few minutes. So thanks for having me on, buddy. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Good to talk to you, too. I, you always, I always used to feel like, I'll give everyone a little insight. When you first came to ESPN, you know, you're so identifiable with the Patriots. You're one of the great players there of all time. I always felt like you looked at me askance because you knew that I was a Jet fan. And every now and again, <laughs> I'd, I always felt we'd run into each other. You'd always look a tad askance at me. Am I reading that right? No, you're right. I was like, okay, what's he coming at me with today? <laughs> yeah, I knew where your I knew where your allegiances lied, and uh, but I understood, and uh, I think we had a good mutual understanding of each other. Very good mutual understanding. <laughs> Fair enough, and we'll continue to have that. I, 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 there's a million different things I want to talk about. I want to start with. I have been on this bandwagon now for a couple of days, so you tell me if I have this right or if I'm overdoing it. And that is that I believe. As a fan, and, and again, maybe in this, in this regard, it's, it's relevant that I root for a team that I've never seen win a championship once in my life, that just winning one title is so precious that it is worth mortgaging a lot for. 
And with that thought in mind, I feel like the Green Bay Packers need to go for it. They have one day left to get this right. I felt they should have done more to get Aaron Rodgers' help in the draft, and and they didn't do it, and now here they are, and I think they so clearly need another offensive weapon, and I've got all our insiders telling me that Houston is willing to to talk about trading Will Fuller or talk about trading Brandon Cooks or talk about trading uh, Kenny Stills. And I feel like the Packers need to do that in order to give Rodgers a chance to win one more while they still have him playing as well as he is. Do you see it that way, or am I getting something wrong? Well, I, I agree. I, I don't sense the desperation in terms of uh, Green Bay and how they should look at the situation. I mean, I could understand how they would feel comfortable with staying where they are, but I can see the other side of it when they say, let's, let's make a run at it. But I think with the circumstances that are this year, I think you have to understand if you bring in a player, you know, he has to seamless, seamlessly fit in. The relationship for, you know, with the quarterback, is there a previous history or anything like that? Because how much practice time are you actually going to get in a situation where practice can be halted in an instant mm. with a, a positive COVID test or all the things that he has to go through to get on the field and Zoom meetings, how, how effective do you think those are? So taking all of that into account and bringing someone in at this point, you've got to actually assume that it'll take maybe a month for really for that to get going unless there is that previous relationship I'm talking about. Now, I'd love to see, you know, Green Bay get somebody for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the best in the league. And I know Devontae Adams has been in and out of the, out, in and out of the lineup. And when he was out, Tunyon came in. He found a new weapon at tight end. But, you know, do they feel that way? It's just the thing that it's, the organization has to feel comfortable. Or do they go on the defensive side of the ball where they needed help uh, versus the Vikings last week? They need Teddy Bruschi. I mean, honestly, is what they need. That, that we were, back to that. <laughs> but we were talking about that, that, that the linebackers are really the problem. I, so, so you make a lot of sense. What you just said made a lot of sense. So let me phrase it then in a different way or, or look at it from a different way. Sort of as they are currently constituted, do you believe that they can win the NFC championship when you look at what Tampa has and now they're adding Antonio Brown and New Orleans made a deal for a linebacker and, and we're hearing about what they might or might not do. And at some point, in theory, they're going to get Michael Thomas back playing again and Seattle and, and what Russell is doing out there. Do you believe the Packers can win the NFC championship this year? I still think they can. And I say that because the only true measuring stick we have basically is when the Packers played the Buccaneers. And then of course, Aaron Rodgers did something very uncharacteristic in throwing the, the pick six and then throwing the interception. I think, I think in that game also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, almost played, you know, what I believe is unachievable, like perfection, like in terms of a clean game with, with no intercept, no turnovers, no sacks, no penalties, those type of things, a pick six, all of that. So Tampa Bay had their way with him. So minus all of that, can, can that be sort of replicated by Tampa Bay? I mean, you saw them last night. I mean, against the Giants. It's like, whoa, this team can be beat too. I think any team can be beat. I mean, I was on an 18-0 team that got beat in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm always going to say that it's possible for them to do it with what they have. But with Aaron Rodgers, what they have, I think he can do that from the offensive perspective. But I am a little bit worried about their defense. Um, there has been a lot of talk about their linebackers. I recognize some of the, you know, the fundamental wrongs that they are committing there. I think they could use some help defensively, too. 
Greeny and Teddy Bruschi with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, let, let's talk about your old your old buddy Brady, uh, who who what he's doing is impossible. I mean, he's 43 years old and he's playing. And last night, notwithstanding, it wasn't a great night for them. They've had a couple of games this year where they haven't looked like they were clicking on all cylinders. And yet you sit back and you look at the numbers and, and the eye test tells you that he is still one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. How do you explain what he is able to do at this stage of his career, which has literally never been done before? Yeah, that's, that's hard to explain for me. I think that's hard to explain for everyone in terms of at his age. And, I mean, even you can see the arm is, is still has strength and some zip. You know, I mean, there were a couple throws last night I thought he was a little bit off on. The one turnover by Ronald Jones was, I mean, that's not Tom's fault. That's a great play by Blake Martinez, the New York Giant linebacker. But Tom is just, I mean, he has what he's always wanted, you know, and he has a team that is putting people around him where he feels like I can go anywhere I want and I can run the ball, I can throw it, I have tight ends. I think he has he has a thing that he always had in New England a lot of times was a great defense also. So he fell into a perfect situation. He's not asked to do everything, and I think that's just perfect for him. And being 43 years old, it's just um, I, I just can't explain it how – you know, genetically and physically, he's still able to, I mean, be successful like that and have an arm that can make those throws. And good for him that he still has the mental capacity to get get rid of it quickly so he doesn't take the shots. It's all a combination of those things, but really it's just something that I don't even think Bill Belichick anticipated it. That's what the whole problem was out in New England. Tom was doing something that not even Bill could comprehend. And I don't think he could put his hand or his his mind around it and totally understand it that Tom could still do this, but Tom is definitely still being successful. Yeah, no question. And and I can't blame Belichick for that because, as I say, it is it is literally something that had never been done. Speaking of Bill, I know how well you know him, and and anyone who knows anything about their relationships knows how much he loves you. So I guess I would ask you, they are in the midst of a season now, something that he hasn't had to deal with in 20 years. They're losing, and maybe they turn things around. Who was it that said on TV this morning? Oh, Mike Tannenbaum said he thinks that they can turn it around, make a playoff run this year. Maybe they can't, maybe they can't. But I guess I would just ask you, knowing him as you do, how you would expect him to deal with that. The, the, there, there, there has been so much winning there. There's been basically nothing but winning there for two decades how would you expect him to handle a season if it does continue this way that is something that has, he is so unaccustomed to there? Yeah, well, what I, from what I know and how I understand that he would handle it is the way I don't think he should handle it anymore. Because, I mean, the last time that they lost four in a row shoot, I was there, you know, and it was in between the first Super Bowl and the second. And when you lose like that, you know, Bill has a way of just being miserable that if you just don't have the mentally tough veteran players that can handle that and still grind through that and say, you know what, forget you, coach. I'm still going to go out and do this for us. It's going to be tough to, tough to have success. Mm. There's a different group of players in that locker room right now. They're young. They're inexperienced. I know they have, still have the McCordys and players like that that have been there, but still they're few and far between. They're young. They're new. I think Bill needs to be more encouraging now. And I think that's different for him. But I think he has to learn to deal with the newer players and how this is new to him to have these losses like that. It's been, it's been a long time. And I think he has to change in the way he handles it because these players need to be coached a different way than it was 
back in 2002, Greeny. A really interesting way to look at it, something I hadn't thought of, and we'll see how things go. Teddy, I, I really enjoyed this. I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. I hope we can do it again. Uh, have a good rest of the day, and we'll see you Sunday, if not before. Thanks, buddy. You too. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Teddy Bruski with me here on ESPN Radio. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Teddy uh, was with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Uh, interesting that we, we mentioned Brady there. I do want to say something quickly about last night's Monday night game uh, in which the Buccaneers did not look great. The two... Um, have they played another one? They've played at least two night games so far this year. The, the game against Chicago and the game against the Giants, they lost against the Bears, and that was the game where Brady lost track of the downs. And then last night against the Giants, where they easily could have lost. And in both of those spots, he didn't look great. So for those of you who have only really seen Brady and the Buccaneers in those national spotlight games, you don't realize that in basically every other game this year, he has looked like Tom Brady at his absolute peak. Last night, he certainly didn't. I think, it's, I think it's, it's telling just how important Godwin is to that offense. He likes having a slot receiver. Brady likes a slot receiver. Godwin, while he isn't exactly like that, he is a little, you know, he is the Welker. He is the Edelman that, that Brady really, I think, is his security blanket, along with Gronk. And now they get Antonio Brown. So I think they're going to be great. I, if you made me bet on a team right now to win the NFC Championship, I would definitely bet on them. But then I would like to just say one other thing about that game last night. And I don't have a horse in the race. I'm from New York, but I'm not a Giant fan at all. But I watch them play every week, and I do kind of admire how hard I think they're playing. I like their coach. I like Joe Judge. It's a very small sample size, obviously, and they've only won one game. But they've been right there to win a couple of others. And they had a real shot last night. And I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. I watch football every week. That's pass interference. Okay, that is pass interference on that last play on the two-point conversion to Lewis. That is interference. I see them call interference on nothing. I see them call interference on half of that all the time. I see a defensive back touch and not even reroute, just touch a receiver on the hip in such a way that doesn't even change his routing at all. And that's a flag. You touch a receiver, it's a flag. You cannot not call it because it was a bad pass. Yes, the ball should be out to the boundary. I understand that, and he was late. And Greg McElroy did a really good job showing that on the show this morning, that the ball is late and the ball should be further towards the boundary, towards the outside, the pylon, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But we are, because how do they throw a flag and pick that up? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I thought that was a terrible no call. And if the Giants get that there, now we're going to go to overtime. Who knows what's going to happen? And maybe we're talking about the Giants getting a, a really big win, the kind of win that I'm not suggesting it would, it would lead to anything. Even in the terrible NFC East, the Giants aren't going to win anything this year, certainly nothing of consequence. But a win over Tampa, I have to think, for a young group of guys would be something special and something exciting, and it would certainly make a big difference in the NFC. So I don't know. Was I, I couldn't believe that no one on my show this morning agreed with me. Marcus Spears, Jeff Saturday, Greg McElroy. I couldn't find anybody on my side. Are we watching? Isn't that a flag every week? In every game, in every spot, they throw a flag for nothing for pass interference. Constantly. I can't believe that wasn't called. More to the point, I can't believe they threw the flag and then picked it up. So to me, that was absolutely pass interference. That game should have been in overtime. And who knows what would have happened. 
If, if, if the Buccaneers get the ball first, they're probably just going to win it there anyway. And that's fine. But I thought that was an absolutely terrible non-call. All right, Greeny with you. I, I, want, I want to tell you about two stories that you need to pay some attention to. And I can tell you that when I was a fan, I wouldn't have. Whenever I think about being a sports fan, before I started doing this job, I've, I've been in this line of work my entire adult life. So I've always had to follow sports news basically since I'm 21 years old. So when I think about what would I have cared about when I was a fan, I think back to my days at Stuyvesant High School. Now, I hope my kids are not listening. Neither one of them has school today because it's election day. So if either of my kids are listening, don't listen to this. But what I used to do, I can still picture it. I would be sitting, Stuyvesant High School would be sitting at one of those desks. You know, one of those little individual desks you get that have your own, you get your chair and you have your own desk and you're sitting there in a classroom. And I would have the New York Daily News on my lap. So it was below the desk. So no one could see it. The teacher couldn't see it. And I would have it and I would flip through the sports page very, very subtly and delicately. And I would read the sports at, at all the time when the teacher couldn't see whenever I was not so interested in what was going on in class, which was not often. If my kids are listening, let me make it clear that wasn't often that I did that. But I did it every now and again. And the two stories I'm about to share with you are things I would never have stopped and read. I would never have stopped and read anything about the NBA and the NBA Players Association getting together to discuss when they should start next season. But I'm telling you, this is incredibly important. The NBA wants to start their season before Christmas and the players don't want to. Because a lot of them played, up, as you well know, up into September. And some of them, well, two teams of them, played well into October. October, what did it end? The 10th or something like that. But Adam Silver is basically telling the players, I'm telling you why this is important. That was a very long buildup to my telling you, you should be, I should have read this story if I was sitting behind that desk in chemistry, <laughs> not understanding the periodic table. Because what is going to happen is, if they don't start before Christmas, the league is going to, according to what I'm reading from Adam Silver, the league might lose up to a billion dollars. And that is going to have an enormous trickle-down effect throughout the league that is going to impact fans, is going to impact teams. You're talking about completely reshaping the way salaries look for a while, and that is going to completely... All these years, every team, every single offseason, this guy's going to that team, and this guy's going to that team, you ain't seen nothing yet until you see the moves that start getting made for financial reasons if that's what happens. So what I'm telling you is keep an eye on that story. Pay attention to what winds up happening there. If they don't start playing before Christmas, and I understand why they wouldn't want to. You're LeBron, you just played all the way up until October 10th, and now you've got to go to training camp in two weeks. But that may very well be the case because it might be a billion-dollar difference if they don't. That's worth paying attention to. The other one that I would never have read when I was sitting there in class, not wanting to dissect a frog, was that the NFL owners had a conference yesterday. They had a, a, a Zoom meeting. And what they decided is that in the event that more games get canceled, it is a real possibility that they're going to add another team to the playoffs this year. So if you didn't read that story, if your eyes just sort of glazed over it, what you may have missed yesterday is that not only are there now going to be seven NFL teams in each conference in the playoffs, which was already the case, but this year there may be eight. There may be eight teams. 
So I'm here to tell you, if you root for a team that's two and five right now, are you listening to me, New England? You're not done. That's not done. Two and five is not what two and five was a year ago. Because a year ago, six teams got in. And now seven teams get in, and it may be eight. So all that stuff is stuff to pay attention to, and I promise that'll be my job now. Since I now have to read this stuff, I will make sure you don't miss the stories that might not have jumped out at you, but that actually are important enough that you need to pay attention. All right, Greeny with you on what is a really interesting day in a lot of ways. We'll keep an eye on all the news coming out of the trade deadline. We'll do who you got coming up next. Bubba will lead me through a whole bunch of the big questions around the NFL. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. It's half past the hour with me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio. And starting next Monday... You can stream this program daily on ESPN Plus, along with the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gotts and the Max Kellerman Show and Chenea and Golick Jr. and tons of live sports and exclusive originals and a whole lot more. You can sign up now at ESPNPlus.com. But don't forget, you can always continue listening to me and all the other shows here on this ESPN radio station all across the country on Sirius XM and on the ESPN app. Bubba, do it. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. This is the part of the program where, you know, I get tired of asking questions. I spend two hours every morning on Get Up asking people questions. Every once in a while, I want someone else to ask them. So I've given that role against my better judgment to hashtag Bubba, who will run me through a bunch of questions and ask me who I've got. Hello again. Hashtag Bubba. Hello. What's up? (laughs) <laughs> Let's get I mean, to I it. don't know what's funny about that. <laughs> you just have, you tickle me. I find you amusing. All right. I'll take it. Um, yeah, so we're halfway through, roughly, about the NFL season. So we're going to do a little mid-season Who You Got. And Who You Got brought to you by Granger. 
So like let, it. Let's get it started. The best team in the AFC, who you got? Okay, so there's two different answers to that question. I know you're looking for a very specific one, but I can give you two answers. There's who I think is the best team, and there's who I think will wind up in the championship. I think the Steelers yeah, are the best team. I'm going to go for team. the best team in the AFC. The Thanks. best team in the AFC is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're the best team in the NFL. I've been telling you that since August. They are the most complete team. They have by far the best defense. They have a lot of weapons on offense, and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback who's still dealing. So the best team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you ask me to bet on which team I think winds up in the Super Bowl, I would not pick them. I would pick Kansas City because they have one player who just changes the math on everything. But the best team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Hashtag Bubba. Next. All right. How about the NFC? Best team in the NFC. Who you got? The best team in the NFC is Tampa. And they don't always look it. But I think top to bottom, and they're about to get a whole lot better. As of today, Antonio Brown is an active member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. And I would guess that within a couple of weeks, maybe even sooner than that, maybe as soon as this Sunday night against New Orleans, what a game this is, Antonio Brown starts to make his presence felt. And if they should all be healthy, By the time we get to the finish, if you've got Ronald Jones and Fournette and Evans and um, uh, 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 Antonio Brown and Godwin and Gronkowski and Brait with Brady, they have by far the most offense of any team and by far the best defense of the big teams in the NFC. So in my opinion, Tampa is an easier pick in the NFC than anyone would be in the AFC. Bubba, next. All right, how about Coach of the Year? Who you got? I'm going to give my Coach of the Year vote, and I don't have one, to Brian Flores. Because while I think there are a lot of coaches who have done a terrific job, I admire what that guy has done. First of all, we all know the history of the Belichick disciples, and people don't even really talk about him like he's one. They forget that he coached under Belichick. But what he has done is gone to a franchise where they have put organization ahead of team from the minute he got there, and all he does is win games. They were competitive from the moment they kind of got their feet right under them last year. They started winning games. They got screwed out of one against the Jets. They should have had one more win than they did last year. They're fighting everybody tooth and nail now. I get the sense they kind of forced him to make the quarterback change here. That's the tea leaves I'm reading from Shefty's reporting and a whole lot more. And all he does is win games. So there's something about that Brian Flores I really like. I think he's an excellent coach. I think they're in very good hands. There are a lot of different places you could look with that award, but I would give my vote right now to Brian Flores. Hashtag Bubba on ESPN Radio with who you got. What's next? All right, we're talking about Brian Flores. He's got a rookie quarterback. How about rookie of the year? Who you Hmm. got? It's a good question because I think I have to give it to Joe Burrow. Now, what Herbert is doing with the Chargers is spectacular. And I think he has been... He's almost been more individually spectacular than Burrow has been. He's on a much better team. They haven't done a whole lot of winning in either case. I think if you were telling me right now, if I could could pick one or the other, I'm not 100% sure that Herbert hasn't won me over. But but what Burrow has done, that kid is so tough. 
I mean, he has gotten the stuffing beaten out of him from the beginning. People whose voices I really respect, like Amy Trask, have said that they may need to consider sitting him at some point just to, to sort of spare him from the beating that he's taking. Mike Tannenbaum was critical of that on my show this morning on TV, saying that Luke getting rid of Andy Dalton was a mistake because you're just subjecting Joe Burrow to just a lot of punishment in his rookie year. But I think the kid has moxie. I think he has toughness. I think he's, it's actually going to wind up serving him well. I think he is going to be, he is great, is going to be great, and he is my rookie of the year. Bubba, next. All right, how about MVP, who you got? I think right now you have to say Russell, and and I think Russell, there are a lot of reasons why you go with Russell Wilson. One of them, and I think that MVP has always been in all sports something of a narrative award. Is it this guy's turn? Is it that guy's turn? Are we a little tired of giving it to him? I feel like we sometimes have a little bit of that. In all the sports, especially in basketball. But in this case, the fact that Russell Wilson has never gotten a vote for MVP, forget about winning the award. He has never gotten a single vote for MVP. I think that that is a wrong that people are going to look to right. I think he will get a lot of votes this year. And while there are other good candidates, Brady is putting together a great season. Mahomes is putting together a great season. I wouldn't discount Aaron Rodgers. I think that it is Russell Wilson's award to lose which I think it was at roughly this time last year as well, and ultimately Lamar Jackson jumped in and just ripped it away from him. I don't think that happens this year. I think Russell Wilson gets it now, and I think he will win it. You're listening to Bubba on ESPN Radio with Who You Got. What's next? From good to bad, how about the most disappointing team? Who you got? It's a good question. I mean, I'm most disappointed in the Jets, but they are most certainly not the most disappointing team. I have to give that a moment of thought here because I could give that award. Well, okay. I, I, what am I talking about? The most disappointing team clearly is Dallas, right? The Dallas Cowboys are a team that people were talking about winning their division. We're talking about there were some people who were putting them in the Super Bowl, and they were terrible before Dak got hurt. Like they were fortunate to have a win when Dak went down. From the moment that he went down, and I will quote a great man, Bubba, who earlier on this program today said, from the minute Dak got hurt, everything went to hell. But candidly, everything was kind of headed that way even before. They were lucky to have a single win even when they had him. Since they've lost him, they've had 32 offensive drives and scored one touchdown. So relative to the preseason expectations, there's no question the most disappointing team is the Dallas Cowboys. You have any more? Sure. Which team is better than their record? Who you got? Well, the Chargers, I think, are, are, I don't know how in the world they keep finding ways to lose these games, but the team, if I had to pick the one team for that, I think it's Atlanta. Like Atlanta is three, how many wins does Atlanta have? Three? They have two or three wins. I don't have the standings in front of me right now. They, They are three plays away from having three more wins. They absolutely should have beaten the Bears. They absolutely should have beaten the Cowboys, and they absolutely should have beaten the Lions. They have two wins. So they they are they're, they're what two and six, so they're hopefully they're, are they two and six? So they're hopelessly buried, but they absolutely should have three more wins. So they should be five and three, or they could be five and three, if they'd won any of those games, they'd still be in it. I, I think they're better than their record. I still think Matt Ryan has a lot left. I don't know how they keep losing these games. To be honest, they've had one or two really awful games this year. But they've had several in which they absolutely, I thought, looked like the better team. So I will say the Falcons are the team that are better than their record. 
You got another? I got one more midway through. What's your current Super Bowl matchup? Who you got? I got the same Super Bowl matchup I had before the season began. I see no reason to change it. I gave you Kansas City and Tampa in the Super Bowl before the season began, and I'm staying with it. Again, I think Pittsburgh is the best team. Top to bottom, they're the best team, and I think they will win the most games. But I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, I, think, I think to bet against Patrick Mahomes would be crazy. Because Mah- when Mahomes is at his best, he's the best I've ever seen. And I think he's only getting better. And I think there is an element of Chiefs fatigue that we're all going through where we're not even really paying attention as much as we could be to just how good he's been. So I believe the Chiefs ultimately will win the AFC Championship and will play Brady and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So while I think the Steelers are the best team, my Super Bowl matchup, Bubba, is Tampa and Kansas City this year at Raymond James Stadium. And that's who you got. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. All right, that's well done. That's well done by hashtag Bubba there. I like that. Again, we're keeping an eye on trade deadline uh, sort of possibilities here. A couple hours left until the deadline. I continue to hope the Packers make some kind of move and give themselves a better chance. Uh, there's all this news out of college football, including Wisconsin, not playing their game this weekend. We will get to that. I'll also tell you coming up who the most underrated player is in the NFL. And here's a little hint. It's the last person you're expecting me to say. That's coming up with Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Most underrated player, next, Greeny, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout up to 36 percent better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by greeny with you on espn radio in just a moment what i think is an important update 
about a team that I am thinking could be and should be very busy on today, the day of the NFL trade deadline here. Greeny with you. But first, fascinating stats which are brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Every day I bring you at least one of these, but today my cup runneth over. Mr. Hembo sent me a whole bunch of these, and they are really, really good. So let me start with this. The New York Jets, you knew I'd find a way, have a scoring margin of minus 144 points through eight games. The NFL record for worst scoring margin in a season is 287. The Jets, of course, if you double their number, would be at 288. So you say, well, they're on pace to have the worst scoring margin in NFL history. But it's actually much worse than that. Because the record is held by the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played only 14 games and went 0-14. So their record, their point differential would actually be worse in the big picture. So the Jets' scoring margin, they may break the NFL record, but it wouldn't necessarily mean it was the worst of all time because the team they'd be breaking the record from actually played more games. The other stat I wanted to give you, the other fascinating stat, pays off what I said a moment ago about the most underrated player in the NFL being the last guy in the world you're expecting me to say. And that is this. Patrick Mahomes is having the best season of his career. Let me say that again. Patrick Mahomes is having the best season of his career. His numbers are better than they were in 2018 when he threw 50 touchdowns and won the NFL MVP. This year, through eight games, he has a higher completion percentage. He has a higher total QBR. His QBR of 86 is the highest in the NFL. He has thrown 20 touchdowns and one interception. One. So Patrick Mahomes... We're all sitting here talking about Russell Wilson and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and we're talking about Tom Brady and no one mentions Mahomes. He just gets forgotten about. The Chiefs have sort of been put in a drawer. They've become that team. We'll start thinking about them when we get to the playoffs. Football really isn't supposed to be a sport like that. He's become kind of what the Golden State Warriors were. So good that we take them for granted and we'll start paying attention again when their time of the year starts to matter. But the truth is, Patrick Mahomes absolutely is smack dab in the middle of the MVP conversation. Church's new chicken sandwich is finally here. With almost 70 years in the kitchen, you can bet we put the work in to make it worth it. It's everything you love about Church's between two buns. Get it today for just $3.99. Thanks for waiting. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. Okay, so Diana Rossini, who's doing all the reporting out there on the different teams as we work our way toward the trade deadline, just tweeted a few minutes ago, quote, I'm told the Green Bay Packers have discussed trading for Texans receiver Will Fuller. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I've been screaming for that exact deal for a week and a half. She tweets, however, there's been a disagreement in Green Bay at the highest levels of the organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term would be worth the spend. I'll just say this. A championship in sports is invaluable. You can't put a price tag on it. I would ask the fans of any team that's ever won a championship, and I can't really relate because none of mine have. But I would ask you, would you trade that for anything? Would you trade a championship for next year not being quite as good? What are the Packers so worried about in their future? You just traded up to take a quarterback that everyone says isn't going to be ready for years. What what future are you mortgaging? You, You use draft capital to take Jordan Love. 
Get Aaron Rodgers, Will Fuller, and try and win it this year. You have a chance. Because anyone who watches them right now, you know they don't. That team isn't winning the Super Bowl this year. When it gets to January and he's going into a fight with Tom Brady and Brady's got all those weapons, including Antonio Brown, and he's walking in there with Devontae Adams and maybe Alan Lazard, it's not enough. Aaron Rodgers should be in there turning over tables. And you know what? He should want to get out of there if they don't get him any more help. Because that's a team that could win a championship today. They give themselves a real chance if in the next two hours they make that deal. Not sure if making that move is in the long run worth what they'd be giving up for it. What are they asking for? Aaron Jones? Trade a pick for crying out loud. Get Will Fuller. I hope they do it. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's obviously a huge day. I hope that spending some time together today made you feel good. It definitely did me. I'll be back same time, same place, tomorrow morning on Get Up on ESPN, then right back here, and we'll hang out together talking sports. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.